Hello, and welcome to EDU, Eric DeReese University. I'm Dr. DeReese. Let's get started, shall we? Handbook of Research on Educational Communications and Technology, Chapter 7, Instructional Design Models. Abstract. This chapter presents information about the role of models used for instructional design, while heuristics provide broad references for approaching instructional design, specific applications of procedures necessary to actually develop teaching and learning materials require more defined models. The purpose here is to promote a better understanding about the appropriate utilization of instructional design models. Instruction is posited here as including both teaching and learning, and that teaching and learning are inextricably uh, connected with regard to the construction of knowledge and skills. Since the first approach of instructional design models in the 1960s, there has been an ever-increasing number of models published in both the instructional technology and other educational literature based on the assumptions that instruction includes both teaching and learning. While there are hundreds of instructional design models, there have been only a few major distinctions among them until recently. Still, instructional design models provide conceptual tools to visualize, direct, and manage processes for creating high-quality teaching and learning materials. The proper selection of instructional design models assists us in appropriately matching the right process with the right situation. Thus, instructional design models serve as a valuable source for matching the right creative process to the right design situation, as well as an effective uh, framework for conducting instructional design research. Keywords, educational technology, teaching, learning, instruction, instructional design, design models. Introduction. This chapter presents information about the role of models used for instructional design. Instructional design is a symptom, uh, a system of procedures for developing education and training curricula in a consistent and reliable fashion. Instructional design is intended to be an iterative process of planning outcomes, selecting effective strategies for teaching and learning, choosing relevant technologies, identifying educational media, and measuring performance. Instructional design focuses on human learning by deliberately arranging sets of external events based on educational and training contexts. An instructional design process works best when it is matched to a corresponding context. However, educational contexts are often complex and feature complex issues related to teaching and learning. Therefore, effective instructional design models need to be sensitive to different educational contexts and be re uh, responsive to complex teaching and learning situations. Instructional design is also known as instructional development. The specific term instructional development appears to have its origins in a project conducted at Michigan State University from 1961 to 1965 and defined as a systematic process for improving instruction, instruction, Gustafsson and Branch. The final report entitled Instructional Systems Development, a de demonstration and evaluation project, is available as uh, ERIC document ED0206373. Um, the Barson model is one of the few models ever subjected to evaluation in different situations at a variety of institutions. According to Gustafsson and a Branch, the Barson project also produced a set of heuristic heuristics for instructional developers. These heuristics provided the basis for much of the early research on the instructional design process and also served as a general guide for developers in higher education. While heuristics provide broad references for approaching instructional design, specific applications of procedures necessary to actually develop teaching and learning materials require more defined models. Markle 
produced models that applied the systematic approach to delivering programmed instruction, which successfully featured the tryout and revision process, although Markle did not use the specific term instructional design. Several attempts have been made to define instructional design and derive a standard set of meanings for various terms. But the results have only been recently adopted or uh, consistently used in the literature and in practice. Seals and Ritchie used the term instructional systems design, uh, ISD, and defined it as an organized procedure that includes the steps of analyzing, designing, and developing, implementing, and evaluating instruction. The Seals and Ritchie definition is similar to that of the Association for Educational Communications and Technology Committee's definition of instructional development. A systematic approach to the design, production, evaluation, and utilization of complete systems of instruction, including all appropriate components and a management pattern for using them. Consistent to both definitions is the overall instructional design and development process uh, includes activities associated with the preparing with preparing lesson plans and determining moment-to-moment -moment instructional strategies, sequencing motivational elements and learner actions. Thus, the terms instructional design and instructional development have been used interchangeably and often considered synonymous. A complete discussion about the possible differences and other nuances of each term is beyond the scope of this chapter. However, the position taken here is that instructional design is different from instructional development. Design refers to the comprehensive process from beginning to end, while development specifically refers to creation activities within the overall design process. Hence, the term instructional design will be used herein for the sake of clarity. Some assumptions. The purpose of this chapter is to promote a better understanding about the appropriate utilization of instructional design models. Both long-term practitioners and those new to the field as well should benefit from a greater awareness about the variety of models used to portray the instructional design process. The role of instructional design models is based on three assumptions. One, instruction includes both teaching and learning. Two, educational encompasses, education encompasses micro-learning activities. And three, instruction focuses on micro-learning activities. Instruction includes both teaching and learning because teaching and learning are inextricably connected with regard to the construction of knowledge and skills. Teaching is the action performed by the person or the technology that facilitates the presentation of content and the exchange of knowledge and skills. Teaching is an attempt to organize external events for the purpose of constructing knowledge and skills. The assumption is that instruction deals with learning that is intentional rather than unintentional. Intentional learning results from everyday natural occurrences, while unintentional learning can happen in a variety of ways, such as through conversations, observations, um, Im impressions, and any unintended stimuli that occur within a context international uh, in context, international learning fosters immediate information flow, authentic experiences, and a sense of community. Intentional learning is characterized by goal-oriented strategies rather than incident-oriented strategies. The goal-oriented nature of intentional learning promotes self-regulatedness in, in students. Uh, figure 7.1 summarizes some of the main differences between unintentional learning and intentional learning. Thus, focusing on uh, intentional learning provides an opportunity for a student to be reflective yet purposeful during periods where they are constructing knowledge during instruction. Learning is a personal and covert cognitive activity, which is idiosyncratic to an individual. Individuals who construct uh, knowledge and skills accomplish learning. Education encompasses macro learning activities and refers to the activities occurring outside the classroom that directly influence context 
influence the context in which uh, intentional learning occurs. Factors that influence an educational context consider such things as human resources, technology resources, financial resources, infrastructure, and curriculum that support formal and informal learning opportunities. Instruction focuses on micro-learning activities uh, concerned with the specific actions between the teacher and the student on a daily basis, where the intention is on achieving a defined and agreed-upon outcome. Instructional strategies are the overt means by which knowledge, skills, and procedures are constructed during intentional learning. <clears throat> Instructional design models vary in the amount of attention each devotes to uh, considering macro factors uh, related to teaching and learning and micro factors related to teaching and learning. Thereby, a need arose uh, for a comparison framework by which instructional design models could be reviewed. Since the first appearance of instructional design models in the 1960s, there has been an ever-increasing uh, number of models published in both the instructional technology and other educational literature based on the assumptions that instruction includes both teaching and learning, and education encompasses micro-learning activities, and instruction focuses on micro-learning activities. However, a clear need has emerged during the same time period for a way to properly utilize contextualized models to support intentional learning. This chapter presents the role of instructional design models and taxonomy for classifying instructional design models and describes a framework for conducting instructional design research. The role of models in instructional design. Models conceptualize representations of reality. A model typically is a simple representation of more complex form, forms, processes, and functions of physical phenomena or ideas. Models by necessity simply uh, simplify reality because the reality often is too complex to portray and because much of that complexity is unique to specific situations. Thus, models generally seek to identify what is generic and applicable across multiple contexts. See, uh, SEAL identifies three different types of instructional design models and would label instructional design models as organization models that can be used as general prescriptions for instructional planning. One of the most influential instructional design model builders was Silvern in the 1950s and 1960s. Silvern's work with the military and aerospace industry resulted in an extremely complex and detailed uh, instructional design model with multiple variations that drew heavily on general systems theory. Silvern's instructional design model is <clears throat> rarely used today, but it remains an excellent original resource for those willing to wade through Silvern's sometime, uh, sometimes obscure writing. <clears throat> Students of the instructional design process easily observe Silvern's influence on the content of contemporary instructional design models. A model de uh, developed by Hemrus uh, while at the Teaching Research Division of, the, of Oregon State, Univer State Systems of Higher Education is another classic instructional design model. One of Hanru's significant contributions to the instructional design process was to present maxi and mini versions of his model. <coughs> Hanru's uh, two-size approach to instructional design was based on the belief that there is a need for a simple model to communicate with clients and a more detailed operational version for those working on the project. Hamru's process provided the basic structure for the Instructional Development Institute model. Um, Hamru's model was ex uh, extensively reviewed by Twelker. The IDI model received extremely wide distribution and was among the best known in the United States in the 1970s and 1980s. During the same period, instructional design scholars began reviewing the growing plethora of instructional design models to ascertain any fundamental tenets 
of instructional design process. Stavis reviewed 23 models to determine whether or not each in included a list of components he felt were part of the ID process. Andrews and Goodson reviewed 40 instructional design models, and uh, similar to Stamas, Andrews and Goodson developed a matrix of instructional design elements and analyzed the models for their inclusion of those elements. Salisbury reviewed a number of instructional design models from major textbooks in the field to determine the degree to which they contain specific references to a range of general systems theory concepts. Salisbury concluded that most models contained few specific references to those general systems concepts contained in his matrix. Edmonds, Branch, uh, Mukherjee presented the results of a review of instructional design models as a way to address their proliferation over the previous decade. Edmonds et al. concluded that an instructional design model is understood better when it is classified by its context and by the level of application for a specific context. Such reviews of instructional design models provide a sampling of the array of processes dedicated to the uh, systematic design of instruction. Generally, the overall instructional design process, <clears throat> as originally conceived, has changed very little, even though additional learning theories and delivery tools have emerged. The last few years have seen a shift in thinking about how instructional design can be pra practiced. Thus, the role of instructional design models in generating effective teaching and learning materials is ever more important. Instructional design models now convey the guiding principles for analyzing, producing, and revising learning environments. Instructional design models, either old or new, should accommodate contemporary and emerging theories uh, about planned learning and the broad array of contexts in which instructional design is being applied. Philosophical orientation and theoretical perspective frame the concepts upon which <coughs> instructional design models are constructed. The more compatible the theory and philosophy are to the context in which a model is to be applied, the greater the potential that the original intent of the model will be achieved. Reiser noted, although um, the, more sp the specific combination of procedures often varies from one instructional design model to the next, most of the models include design, development, implementation, and evaluation of instructional procedures and materials intended to solve those problems. There are many different and inconsistent uses of terminology to describe the comprehensive process we call instructional design. But the position here is that all instructional design processes consist of at least five major activities. One, analyze the setting and uh, learner needs. Two, design of a set of specifications for an effective, efficient, and relevant learner environment. Three, development of all learner and management materials. Four, implementation of instructional strategies. <clears throat> Five, evaluation of the results of the development, both formatively and summatively. The addition of detail related to specific applications has led to the creation of many different instructional design models. Conceptual tools and operational tools assist in identifying those contexts within which an instructional design model might be utilized. Instructional design models as conceptual tools. Models help us describe relationships between entities and pre prescribed actions among and between entities. The instructional design process is both descriptive and prescriptive. It is descriptive because it shows relationships, illustrates what happens during a process, is interactive, explains and provides if-then relationships, and provides if-then relationships, and models can be conceived from displays of the processes. The instructional design process is prescriptive because it guides, assigns methods, generates strategies, is goal-oriented, is active, and applies to a variety of procedures. Instructional design modules 
uh, models visually communicate their associated processes to stakeholders by illustrating the procedures that make it possible to produce teaching and learning materials. Instructional design models provide communication tools for determining appropriate outcomes, collecting data, analyzing data, generating learning strategies, selecting or constructing media, conducting assessments, and implementing relationships among the core elements of the instructional design process. The five core elements, analyze, design, develop, implement, and evaluate, ADDIE, inform each other as development takes place and revisions con revision continues through the completion of the instructional design process. The five core elements, typically referred to as ADDIE, should be regarded as a generic instructional design um, concept and not a model. ADDIE provides a useful tool for uh, measuring whether a model is inclusive of the entire instructional design process or only one or more of its essential elements. Conceptual tools assist in uh, identifying the context within which an instructional design model might be utilized. In fact, the quantity and quality of tools accompanying a model become significant criteria for selecting one for a specific context. The instructional design process can be conceived as a single linear process or as a set of concurrent and recursive procedures. Uh, rectilinear portrayals typically build from the ADDI concept by bringing greater depth to key aspects of the design process. They are often used to teach novice designers the design process because they are simple, uh, generic, um, and applicable across many different contexts. Critics of instructional design models sometimes interpret them as stifling, passive, lockstep, and simple because of the visual elements used to compose the corresponding model. Uh, this is partially due to the portrayal of the design process as rectilinear rows of boxes connecting by straight lines with one-way arrows and one or more feedback revision lines that are parallel to other straight lines. The visuals associated with rec rectilinear uh, portrayals of instructional design models often do not acknowledge the actual complexities associated with authentic instructional design pra uh, practice. Uh, Bickelmeyer, Bowling, and Gibbons have crit criticized the use of rectilinear models for failing to provide novice designers with a portrayal of the design process that uh, reflects the manner in which designers in the field engage in instructional design. Uh, curve curvilinear portrayals of instructional design models attempt to acknowledge the complex reality upon which the instructional design is often practiced. These are different than rectilinear uh, models in that they are composed of various shapes, ovals, rounded rectangles, etc., that are connected by curved lines or two-way arrows. The curved lines, arrows, and sequence of shapes uh, attempt to represent the cyclic nature of design where information gained at later steps in the design process can lead to revisions in earlier steps. Uh, such models are helpful in portraying design situations where analysis uh, cannot be uh, completed before development, and as a result, early field trials will be treated as an opportunity to gain an, uh, an implied sequence, at least among the core elements. Nested and concurrent portrayals of the design process tend to acknowledge the non-linearity that is inherent within the design process. Unlike rectilinear and curvilinear portrayals, nested and concurrent portrayals present specific design elements as smaller shapes within larger shapes or as overlapping shapes. In this way, these models convey the idea that certain aspects of the design process may occur at the same time rather than in a neat, uh, orderly sequence. The nesting and overlapping of shapes in these models is an attempt to better portray the simultaneous iterations that characterize the way instructional design is commonly practiced.
Figure 7.5 portrays a nested portrayal, which contains a combination of rectilinear and curvilinear modeling as an attempt to accurately conceive the true practice of instructional design. In a real design situation, this might represent a designer who begins developing the instructional goals and objectives as part of conducting the initial analysis in an effort to improve the efficiency and uh, efficacy of the design process. Embedding the design of instructional goals and objectives within the analysis phase allows the designer to uh, prototype and assess the clarity and accuracy of those goals and objectives at an early critical stage. As greater utilization of various forms of prototyping has become common in instructional design, two main forms of rapid prototyping have emerged. Some recent models have adopted a concurrent portrayal of the design process and the spiral design to indicate the recursive and highly iterative nature of the instructional design process. The concurrent portrayal presents the design phases as a series of overlapping rectangles, but the portrayal is particularly useful in situations where design must occur rapidly and key design phases must occur simultaneously in near succession. Much of the work using a recursive approach draws on an original model from computer software development that was created by Bohm. One example of a highly iterative instructional design model is Dorsey, Goodrum, and Schwinn. A second form of rapid prototyping model emphasizes early development of a simple and incomplete prototype that then evolves into a complete design as the client and uh, developers become clear on what the problem is and the type of solution desired. Both forms of prototyping are particularly useful in situations of high uncertainty as to client expectations or when a highly creative solution is desired. Another important instructional design concept is the layers of necessity that has since been refined and extended as the contextual uh, instructional design model. Tesmer and Wedman conveyed the importance of context when selecting the processes and procedures for an instructional design project. Therefore, instructional design is most effective when practiced within context. While the conceptual display of the core elements and procedures of the instructional design process are helpful, there remains a need to indicate how to practice particular elements of the instructional design process within uh, specific contexts. The selection of an appropriate model for an instructional de design context may in part depend on the need to reflect the degree of linearity or concurrency planned for the duration of the project. An instructional design model should contain enough detail about the process to establish operational guidelines for managing the people, places, and things that will interact with each, uh, with each other and to estimate the resources required to complete a project. Given the variety of concepts upon which an instructional design process can be modeled, future instructional design research should consider the role of context during the selection or modification of an instructional design model. Instructional design models are operational tools. While models provide the conceptual reference, they also provide the framework for selecting or constructing the operational tools needed to apply the model. Uh, tools such as PERT charts, nominal group techniques, task analysis diagrams, lesson plan templates, uh, worksheets for generating objectives, and production schedule templates operationalize uh, the instructional design process. Some instructional design models include highly uh, prescriptive information about uh, how to develop the companion tools or provide most of the tools necessary to apply the process. Uh, other instructional design models only provide a conceptual diagram without uh, any operational tools or directions for constructing companion tools necessary for their application. The inter-services procedures for instructional systems development model 
is an example of a highly prescriptive instructional design model with a comprehensive set of companion operational tools. The DIC carry and carry model is moderately prescriptive and contains an array of companion operational tools. Describe tools that can be, that can be used with different instructional design models for those models having few or no accompanying tools. Effective instructional design models directly or indirectly specify products such as timelines, samples of work, and uh, periodic endorsements by appropriate supervisory personnel with other pertinent deliverables. Addy describes a generic instructional design paradigm. Um, figure 7.8 presents a version of the ADA paradigm, Addy paradigm. Branch highlights, is that right? Yeah, branch highlights some of the common procedures and main deliverables associated with the ADI paradigm. Instructional designers are creating many tools for use by themselves and other designers, as well as tools to support teacher or subject matter experts in doing their own development. Goodyear and Van den Acker, Branch, Gustafson, uh, Nevin, and Plomp provide several descriptions of some such tools and how they are being used. Conceptual and operational tools assist in identifying the context within which an instructional design model might be utilized. In fact, the quantity and quality of the tools accompanying a model become significant criteria for selecting one of the specific setting, one for a specific setting. However, specific procedures for planning, conducting, and managing the instructional design process can be implemented with operational tools that may or may not be identified as part of the instructional design model. The proper selection of instructional design models. Instructional design is practiced in a variety of settings, leading to the creation of many different models. A taxonomy of the instructional design models can help clarify each model's underlying assumptions and identify the conditions under which each model might uh, be most appropriately applied. Although the number of models published far exceeds the number of unique environments in which they are applied, there are several substantive uh, differences among instructional design models. Thus, there is some value in creating a clarification taxonomy dedicated to instructional design models. A taxonomy also helps to organize the extensive uh, literature on the topic and perhaps to assist instructional um, designers in selecting a model that is best matched to a given set of circumstances. Gustafson created such a taxonomy. Gus Gustafson's schema contains three uh, categories uh, into which instructional design models could be placed. Classroom, product, and system. Gustafson's classification factors focused on one typical output in terms of amount of instructional prepared, of instruction prepared. Two resources committed to the development effort. Three whether it is a team or an independent effort. Uh, four expected ID skill and experience of the individual or the team. Five <coughs> whether most instructional materials will be selected from existing uh, sources or represent original design and production. Six, amount of preliminary analysis conducted. Seven, anticipated technological complexity of the development and delivery environments. Eight, amount of tryout and revision conducted. Nine, amount of dissemination and follow-up occurring after development. Vishner uh, to Verman created different classification schemas for instructional design models and processes based on extensive data collections uh, related to how instructional designers actually performed during instructional design projects and created a four-category classification framework. Vischer-Verman's four categories were instrumental, uh, communicative, pragmatic, and artistic. Vischer-Verman's intent was to characterize the underlying philosophy and values of each approach to instructional design rather than the context. Vischer, Verman, and Gustafson used a um, used a development research approach to uh, reconstruct the actual practices of professional designers in an attempt to determine 
the reasons that designers did or did not use a, a particular instructional design paradigm. The results of the Vischer, Verman, and Gustafson study indicated that most designers in the study study sample followed the in instrumental paradigm and none followed the artistic paradigm. Nevertheless, a conceptual framework emerged consisting of the following four design paradigms. One, an instrumental paradigm planning by objectives. Two, communicative paradigm. Uh, communication to reach consensus. Three, pragmatic paradigm, interactive and repeated tryout and revision. Four, artistic paradigm, creation of products based on connoisseurship. Um, Sinamo and Koch suggest full-scale systematic instructional design and development efforts are in order in at least four situations. One, when the content is stable enough to warrant the time and cost. Two, when the potential audience is large enough to warrant the time and cost. Three, when communication among a team of designers and developers is required. Four, when it is important to make sure that the instruction works before it is used. Dills and Romiskowski published a comprehensive collection of alternative instructional design paradigms that continue to influence the field today. However, after many years of little change in the underlying structure of the instructional design process and its accompanying models, there are new trends in learning, design, and technology that require an evolution of instructional design models. Gustafson and Branch examined the following nine characteristics of each. One, typical output in terms of amount of instruction prepared. Two, resources committed to the development effort. Three, whether it is a team or an individual effort. Four, expected ID skill and experience of the individual or the team. Five, whether most instructional materials will be selected from existing sources or represent original design and production. Six, amount of preliminary front-end analysis conducted. Seven, anticipated technological complexity of the development and delivery environments. Eight, amount of uh, tryout and revision conducted. And nine, amount of dissemination uh, and follow-up occurring after development. Um, presents a revision, oh, uh, figure 7.1 presents a revision to the selected characteristics um, section of Gustafson's taxonomy and intends to represent contemporary instructional delivery formats. The revised taxonomy uh, will retain the original three categories. One, individual classroom instruction. Two, products for uh, implementation by users other than the developers. Or three, larger and more complex instructional systems directed at an organization's problems or goals. Consider the following additions to the taxonomy above. Nature of the situation, prevailing type of knowledge, intended audience, nature of the course in terms of the curriculum, such as uh, experiential, de uh, degree of flexibility inherent in the ID model. The taxonomy is intended to help designers consider the characteristics of a design situation and decide which model or aspect of specific models may be more or less appropriate based on the characteristics. For example, situations where opportunities for formative evaluation is low or where user feedback is needed on a frequent basis may benefit from employing elements of concurrent or recursive models to acquire critical user feedback throughout development rather than after it. Uh, similarly, designers may benefit from incorporating the evaluative uh, elements of um, rectilinear models in situations where the content is somewhat stable or intended audience is large in size. By considering the characteristics noted in the taxonomy, designers might make more if informed decisions about the models they employ and the reasons for doing so. Uh, let's see. Instructional design research. While there are hundreds of instructional design models until recently, there have been only a few major distinctions among them. Many of the models are simply restatements of earlier models by other authors, other often using somewhat different terminology. The typical journal article simply describes the major steps in the instructional design model and perhaps how they are to be performed. Books on the topic 
uh, provide extensive guidance on how to apply the, the models and some computer-based tools are beginning to appear. However, in almost all instances, the authors assume that their models are worthwhile, but, uh, but evidence to substantiate their positions was unavailable. Ertmer and Quinn provide a useful compilation of general case studies intended to support instructional design knowledge, which has proven a valuable asset to the field of instructional design. Still, there is a disturbing small, disturbingly small volume of literature describing any testing of instructional design models. While instructional design models have been applied to many situations over the decades, a rigorous evaluation during the implementation of those instructional design models rarely included collecting uh, empirical evidence about the model's effectiveness. A case study of a development project is presented along with the instructional design model in some instances, but even such low level of uh, validation is less than desired for a healthy scholarly community or a community of practice, such as that related to instructional design theory and practice. Instructional design models need to be subjected to rigorous validation, such as uh, validation, such validation would require precise description of the elements of the model, followed by uh, systematic data collection concerning their uh, application and the impact of the resulting instruction. The in uh, investigator would also need to be alert to possible uh, decrepit or negative data. Repeated trials under such conditions would, if the model had a validity, result in a set of specifications regarding the conditions under which the model was, was valid. Very few of the instructional design models concurrently available in the literature have been subjected to such rigorous scrutiny. Rarely are instructional design models tested in the sense of rigorous assessment of their application and the resulting instruction against either predetermined criteria or competitive means of development, uh, developing instruction using some other defined process. Rather, instructional design models with wide distribution and acceptance gained their credibility by being found useful by practitioners who frequently adapt and modify them to match specific conditions. Uh, Richie Van uh, Den Ecker, uh, Gravemeyer uh, McKenney and Neveen, and Richie and Klein offer relevant ideas and appropriate insights into instructional design model validation research. Conclusion, there will continue to be an interest in instructional design models. However, the level of specificity at which they are applied will change over time. People who intend to utilize instructional design models may be well served to investigate the instructional design competencies required to successfully implement an instructional development model, such as those promoted by the Instructional Board of Standards for training, performance, and instructional and instruction. Now trends in learning are clearly being uh, influenced by contemporary theories in educational psychology as they concentrate on moving from teacher-centered approaches to student-centered approaches. The concept of instruction design promoted here is intended to facilitate active, multifunctional, inspirational, uh, situated um, approaches to intentional learning. The prescription is that in uh, intentional learning involves multiple concurrent interactions among people, places, and things situated within a context during a period of time. New trends in technology reflect implemented digital delivery tools. Advanced in uh, technology, ad advances in technology increase our ability to create more interactive and engaging learning environments, such as beginning to uh, think about the instructional design process that includes performance support systems, information management systems, and concurrent engineering. Instructional design models provide conceptual tools to visualize, direct, and manage processes for creating high-quality teaching and learning materials. The proper selection of instructional design models assists us in appropriately matching the right process with the right situation. 
Finally, instructional design models serve as a valuable source for conducting instructional design research. Hi, this is Dr. DeReese. Do you like what you're hearing in this podcast? Would you like to hear more? Well, why not support this podcast by making a donation? The amount doesn't matter. Whatever works for you, I am certainly grateful for. And while you're at it, why not make a suggestion for what you'd like to hear in this podcast? I'm certainly open to suggestions. And let me just say, thank you for your support. Well, that's the end of this episode of the podcast, EDU, Eric DeReese University. Thanks for listening. And until next time, take care.